I did know that if I continued just to look at the cross and pray to Jesus, that I would be led to where I was supposed to be. Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our special guest is Kendra Clark. Kendra is a wife, a mother of four, and a convert to the Catholic faith after spending four, 40 years in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the LDS Church. And that's kind of be what we're going to be talking about today. I also do want to mention that Kendra was on The Journey Home a couple years ago, and you can look up the archives there. She was on with Marcus Grodi and really gives a lot more in-depth into her story. But it's such a compelling story. I reached out to Kendra, and uh, she was willing to come on. And Kendra, thanks for taking time today. Oh, gosh, Deacon Jeff, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, So maybe you could just give people just a little bit of background about yourself before we get into, uh, you know, why you converted and that kind of stuff. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, Certainly, my my story is quite lengthy. We won't have a chance to dive in too deeply today, Um, but the story is... um, it's very peculiar. I, I know that we'll talk about my conversion here shortly, but as you mentioned, I, uh, have, I'm a mother of four children, four adult children. I'm the grandmother of almost four babies. I've got two here that are living and two that are still in their mother's womb. So okay. it's an exciting time this year. I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, I'm originally from Southern California, but I currently live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'm a physician assistant by profession, and I'm on the Arizona State Medical Board. So I'm a, I've been very active in medicine and also with my family life. So life is good. Well, that's great. And, you know, family life is so important to us all. I mean, it's kind of our, our you know, our faith is our rock, but having that support system, I mean, you can't, you can't buy that. I mean, that is just something we all need, especially in this day and time. Absolutely. With my journey from Mormonism to Catholicism, and like I said, I would invite everybody to, you know, if they're certainly wanting to reach out uh, to me personally or, uh, as as you as you mentioned so eloquently, is to look at the Coming Home Network. You know, the, with my family, with this transition going from Mormonism to Catholicism, it, it's such a difficult um, and heavy journey, which, of course, we'll explore in just a moment. But having these, you know, these children and doing going through this process with the children was uh, was quite daunting. But, you know, at the end of the day here, as we sit, uh, we've got uh, most of the children are, are no longer practicing uh, Mormons. However, we still have one or oldest son is active. So, you know, I have a lot of respect, which we'll talk about again, but a lot of respect for those that still practice, you know, faithfully in the Mormon faith. And so I, I have to be, you know, I have to walk and, and tread lightly here with uh, respect to everybody that's practicing in my family still. Yeah, and you know, we work a lot with uh, the Mormons here in Colorado, I mean, through our ministries, volunteering, and you know, I have met nothing but great people, family people, uh, you know, community is big, you know, but it was interesting because I've run into several people who have left the Catholic faith to go to the Mormon faith. And so I wanted to kind of get your story and and get an idea uh, of, you know, you were searching for a different Jesus, right? Because when we say Jesus and the people from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints say Jesus, we're talking about two different people, aren't we? 
We certainly are. And, you know, I understand as, you know, being an active Mormon for, for, for several decades, the, the, the Jesus that the Mormons certainly identify with, you know, they may say verbally they believe in a certain type of Jesus, meaning the Son of God. However, the Jesus that's reflected in the Mormon faith is, is truly, they believe, is literally our elder brother. So they believe that he's our elder brother. They believe that he's the spiritual firstborn Son of God in the pre-existence. And he also, they also believe that he is a sibling of, of Lucifer or, or Satan. So it's a, it's a very different uh, understanding of Jesus. And so along those lines, it, it becomes very difficult when, and I, and I know that they often refer to, you know, Jesus as their Redeemer and their Savior, which is there's truth to that. But the origin of Jesus from a doctrinal perspective in the Mormon faith is quite different quite different whereas as as you know with with the jesus the christianity jesus that we uh, identify with in our in our catholic faith it's it's uh, jesus christ was the virgin born god incarnate you know existed in all time with the father and the holy spirit in the in, in the eternal trinity so it's so it's a, it's a different definitely different relationship for sure so what was that that was gnawing inside of you to find that other Jesus, the real Jesus, you know, the Jesus, the divine Jesus, human and divine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Word incarnate, mm-hmm. as you mentioned before. What was that inside? What kind of started that fire within you? How I originally even questioned, considering questioning the, the Mormon Church, it, it may be a little bit longer discussion that we have today, but in a nutshell, uh, what happened was I was studying medicine at the University of Utah, so I was deep in my studies, and I had obviously you was very active in the Mormon Church, but I didn't have a chance to attend uh, the Mormon Church, you know, for three hours every Sunday like I had decades prior. So in my in my medical training, I, I couldn't go to all of the meetings, and so for this particular you know few year period of time, the meetings that I did go to in the Mormon congregation, the the focus was not on Jesus. So the initial spark of, of gosh, you know what what is wrong with this? It was basically on all of the other elements of the church that weren't really related to Jesus or God in general, whether it be temples or tithing or the doctrines, deep seated doctrines of the Mormon faith, the doctrine and covenants and Book of Mormon, which are scriptures to them. So my point is what you know when you're when you're deep in the faith of Mormonism, you never ever consider leaving because it's it's really something that is that is um, not even a consideration because you're so you're, you're really indoctrinated to think that you don't you know you don't even consider reading anything that might be contrary to the Mormon faith. You certainly don't question it. So for me, it wasn't until I was able to kind of get out of the church for even a little bit. Mm-hmm. When I would go back for those lessons, I wouldn't I wouldn't hear anything about Jesus Christ. I wouldn't hear anything about God the Father. I would hear everything about all of these ancillary kind of other small branches on the tree. But I really craved just hearing about the Bible and hearing about my Savior. But it really, so that was kind of like the spark that, hmm, this has been interesting. It's been six months since I've even heard the word Jesus. And I have been coming to, you know, and I was active Mormon for so long. And so then I just, my, my you know, my, my antennas were up. And then I kind of like started to take stock in that, going, how long is it going to take before they speak about Jesus? And it really wasn't until 
Christmas. It was the it was the day before Christmas that I thought, okay, you know what? It's Sunday, it's the day before Christmas. Certainly, they're going to have a lesson on the Savior. This is Christmas, right? Well, that just turned out that they actually had a lesson on the Nauvoo Temple, and it wasn't on Jesus. And I remember going, wow, this is something for me to really think about. So that was just kind of a a tiny little nibble, but it sparked this a little bit of a doubt. And then from that, it really just started to snowball. Now, remember, this took years for me to finally leave the church. It wasn't that I didn't want to be Mormon or I wanted to practice, you know, non-Mormon worldly type practices. There wasn't anything about my behavior or, or somebody else's behavior within the church that I was that I was led out of the church. It was simply because of what started as a small nugget for me then of really looking into some of these other elements and eventually digging quite deep into the historical inconsistencies within the Mormon faith, which I really don't want to get into specifically here, but it was a very difficult time for me and extremely difficult decision for me to leave Mormonism because it's all I knew. And again, that's maybe for another time that we can speak of kind of that process if you want, but that was the beginning of just realizing, gosh, I I just want to learn about Jesus. So I guess that's a long answer to your question, but that was really how it started, to be honest. Well, I I guess the question I would have, which is it's kind of interesting, because they view Jesus differently than we do, right? I mean, he's not the Word incarnate. He's not the Word made flesh. Is that why, do you, you know, looking back in hindsight, that he's not discussed as much as you would think he is? Because in the end, it doesn't the Mormon Church teach that uh, men are on the same path as Jesus and on the same and can reach the same level? Absolutely. And I think, and that's a great, that's a great point. So there's many reasons why I think he's not primary. I mean, he is primary in verbiage, meaning meaning the concept of Jesus is spoken of. I'm not going to say he's not because right, he right, is, right. but, 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 but you're right. Fundamentally, a few big issues of the Mormon faith are number one, the, the, the conceptual origin or doctrine of God. So, you know, our heavenly father, our heavenly father, according to the Mormon faith is an exalted man with a physical body of flesh and bone who at one point in time, elevated himself by acts to became a god right so the the the, the entire origin of, of god the father and jesus christ are really been through you know a process of of acts and exaltation to the godly figure that they are and so in other words we they believe that that men can actually be elevated to godhood and eventually be gods of their own planet so that concept alone is contrary to biblical doctrine, right. but right. that's one primary focus of Mormonism is that God was once a man, and we too can be a God. And so, um, you know, that being one element, of course, the Trinity also is a very a sensitive, you know, distinction between Christianity slash Catholicism, Catholicism and Mormonism, where one God with Christianity is a spirit who is personal, eternal, infinite, right? He's the only God. He exists 
is the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. One God, three, three persons, separate beings with yeah. correct three separate beings with same essence, mind, and, and purpose. So, of course, with Mormonism, there are three separate gods: Father, which is a faithful man elevated to godhood, uh, which all Mormons can become gods at one point, and of course, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, and the Holy Spirit. So it is uh, definitely a different distinction. I also think that, you know, with other elements that, that differ between the two, which is scriptures in general, right? Because mm-hmm. we understand that, that uh, you know, we have the, the Holy Bible as our solo scripture. Uh, we understand that the, you know, the Mormon faith has what is called the standard works, which includes the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants, and also, of course, the Holy Bible, if it's translated correctly, and that's according to Joseph Smith's direct quote, right? So it's one of those, um, another great distinction between between the two. So, you know, as I mentioned, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, uh, and uh, the Book of Mormon, and the Holy Bible are all four LDS standard works that are authorized as um, as equal, right? As equal, so the keystones of the religion, you know. So, so that's very important. The the people that I have dealt with, great people, and you know, right. it is a you know family oriented, good community. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's hard to leave that kind of comfort zone, too, isn't it? Well, it, it, it's such a cultural. Uh, influence for sure. It's um, it's so all encompassing. You've got this strong cultural influence, and I know that you know the reality is if you look even more some of the differences between Mormonism, Catholicism, and Christianity is another big hallmark of Mormonism is the fact that that we they believe that when they pass away they can obtain the celestial kingdom, which is the highest degree of glory of heaven. And there's three separate degrees of glory or three heavens per se there's celestial terrestrial and celestial well the celestial kingdom is reserved for mormons mormons that are in highest standing mormons that that have actions that are in accordance to mormonism in general so those are mormons that have temple marriages they pay a full tithing etc and so i believe that when you have a community of saints that believe that when they die they have a hallmark or they have a license to heaven whereas everybody else or even mormons that are less active do not have that real estate in heaven and so by virtue of that kind of elite club i would have to really say because i understand this very intimately that it's very enticing right it's very enticing to not only them to stay in there it's also enticing for catholics or other faiths to go into or you know adopt those teachings because who wouldn't want to have real estate in the celestial kingdom that only God presides. Because remember, the lesser degree, which is called terrestrial kingdom, God isn't there, according to the Mormons. Only Jesus is there. Not only Jesus, but Jesus is there. But God is not present there. So the celestial kingdom is where good people go, 
not Mormons, but good people. Right. Right. And right. so that's kind of, you know, you can see how that would be one that would be an element where people go, wow, I want to be a part of that. And so another big element also is the Mormons proclaim that there's continued revelation that to this day they have a living prophet that receives direct revelation from God. And that's another key component of Mormonism. So I could see where somebody from another faith, including Catholicism, sees that and prays about it and says, wow, I want to know what God feels about now. I mean, gosh, you know, Catholicism, we don't have that. We don't have current and, and divine revelation, you know, day-to-day revelation. So, boy, that's enticing. So that's another big component to it. They also believe that families are together forever, that after you die, that you're not separated, that you were together before this life and that you're together after this life, and ultimately you can be gods of your own planet. So understand that those are very powerful promises, right? Yeah, and it and almost, it lastly, doesn't it almost, yeah. you, know, you, you get to, excuse me, you almost get to take control of the situation, you know, where we, you know, work out, you know, through God's grace, you know, we live our lives, mm-hmm. we pray that through mm-hmm. His grace mm-hmm. we can get to heaven. If you kind of take his judgment out and say, you know, I can I can attain it by accomplishing goals A, B, C, D, and E, you almost, mm-hmm. you know, put it within your own hands, right? You don't have to worry about any other judgment. Absolutely. And and it's it's very it's very important to understand that when you're in, when you're an active Mormon, like I said before, you do not question. You certainly do not research. If you do, then you're, you know, you're looking down the road about being an apostate, which then, of course, you're, you're not even, you cannot even claim any one of those levels of heaven, right? So for me or other people that seem to question, it's a fear base. I mean, the shackles are on. Right. And I understand, and I'm not saying that with, with the negative connotation that it may sound, but when you're in it, that's truly how it is. So you have a doctrine you're indoctrinated from the doctrine perspective. You're also indoctrinated from the cultural perspective, because if you question or leave the Mormon church, not only are you, are you, are you risking your own salvation? You're risking the salvation of your family. You're risking the, the your parents who have worked hard to get you to this lesser kingdom, right? right? And then you're also risking your children that you're not going to be sealed to them. So, so it really is such a, such a complicated uh, paradigm that is overwhelming. And, and I'm afraid to say that I believe there's a lot of members out there that feel like they have no choice but to stay in. And certainly it's kind of like keep the blinders on because I don't want to know what really the reality is. So that's where it does take a lot of courage for people to even start to think about um, some of the, you know, the, the, discrepancies really and it's a very difficult journey and i also will just add this before we move on to the next question is a lot of this another element is is the way that the church uh, originated so the church started as you know in, in 1800 with right. smith we see the revelation right, right. and the, the premise the premise to that was uh you know from 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 St. John to to 1800, the apostasy, you know, was on the earth, and so there was there was no truth on the earth, and so Joseph Smith then, of course, received the restoration of the gospel through heavenly sources, and then 
consequently, the golden plates from the angel Moroni, which led to the creation of the Book of Mormon. So, so again, Joseph Smith is a, is a chosen being that came from, from hundreds of years of darkness. And so, to the Mormons that are now actively participating, they are the chosen peculiar people that have been saved to be born during this dispensation as opposed to back in pre 1800s. Right. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on as well, that I'm a chosen peculiar people and doggone it. I better stay in it because God expects me to be doing this. So it's, it, there's just so many components. I can go on and on, but that's just a few. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So it almost would discourage, you know, if, you know, we don't, you can question teachings of the Catholic Church and pray to better understand them and say, you know, God, the Lord, can you lead me to the truth? Where you wouldn't say that evidently, you know, based on what you were saying in Mormonism, because you already know the truth and don't ask about it, right? You've already been told what it was. Absolutely. And, and I wasn't raised Mormon. My family wasn't more Mormon. I, I attended Brigham Young University and it was really there that I became very entrenched doctrinally and very uh, active, of course, um, being a private Mormon LDS institution, college. And so it was just um, when you're in, yeah, I mean, you're told what it is, you buy it, hook, line, and sinker. And not only that, you know, when you're married in the Mormon church and you you have a temple marriage and you meet with your bishop on a regular basis for a temple recommend, a temple recommend is kind of like a, a, a you know an e-ticket to go into the temple. You have to have a temple recommend to be quote unquote air quotes worthy to go into the temple. You cannot obtain the celestial kingdom unless you are a temple going member. You cannot obtain a temple recommend recommend unless you answer X amount of questions that are pertinent and specific to your actions, Mm -hmm. to your actions, right? So it's the actions that lead to the recommend, that lead to going to the temple, that lead to your eternal salvation. So when you're in, you're in. <laughs> right. And, and you don't you don't question it. Well, and that's so. and that's, you know, to your point, when you're in, it's it's hard to get out because there's so many uh uh dominoes that Layers. fall if yeah. if you decide to do that. So you went through this. I mean, you went through the hurdles, the obstacles, um, really mm-hmm. on your search for truth. Um, anything you regret about your journey? You know, I certainly don't regret anything about my journey. Uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, all of us have, you know, the truth will set you free. And then, and everybody has their own true north. Everybody has the ability to go to their God in prayer um, with humility and ask for direction and guidance. And, and it was one of those things where, again, when I left the Mormon faith, I didn't leave the Mormon faith for Catholicism, I had no idea where I was going to right. um, land. I had no idea what direction I was going. I just knew that knowing what I knew, I could no longer fully participate wholeheartedly in the Mormon church. And that was very difficult because it wasn't like I was going to plan B. I didn't have a plan B. And so I kind of was out there just 
trying to, I, I stayed true to Jesus. That's all I knew what to do. Just, I kept looking at the cross and at the, you know, the cross isn't a symbol in the Mormon church and Mormon faith. That is a hallmark symbol, right? The, the cross is not. So right. the cross to me was a very new symbolic meaning, but I did know that if I continue just to look at the cross and pray to Jesus and kind of fundamentally get my feet back on the ground and using the Holy, the Holy Bible and the old, you know, and the Bible only for my references and my truth, that I would be led to where I was supposed to be. And it took a while. It wasn't easy. It wasn't something that just, you know, appeared overnight. It was truly, um, it was truly inspired. But I, I do feel that, uh, you know, and like I said, I've been, I've been really fortunate to be able to help other people who have struggled. And it's, I have, of all the people I've been able to speak to, I have never once had a phone call from somebody that says, gosh, you know what? It's not that hard. Or, you know what? I, I, I really have it. It's really, you know, it's pretty easy. It, it's just, they struggle, they struggle, they struggle. But everybody, you know, everybody has to answer to, like I said, their true north and their own Holy Spirit, right? Their spirit within themselves that will speak truth to them. Right. But, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, in, in the end, hard. nothing worthwhile is easy, right? We've seen that throughout our all of our lives. Anybody who says life is easy and it's just been, you know, I put it on cruise control, is it living in denial? Um, we're down to the last couple minutes. How could someone reach out to you if they're going through a similar journey or questioning that you did? Yeah, certainly. I'm happy to leave my email, Kendra Clark, uh, 15 at gmail.com. That's an email address that I have active. I'm also on social media on Facebook, Kendra Clark AZ. Certainly you can, you know, message me on Messenger. I'm happy to reply. And, you know, I, I would just like to say that, you know, I, I have many loved ones and family. My child, I have a child who's active that I tell you that the hearts, like you said, Deacon Jeff, the hearts and souls of people that are active LDS are genuine. They're loving. They're kind. They're Christ-like. They're wonderful people. I just have great respect for them. And I think that certainly, you know, everybody has, um, you know, different lenses by which they see things, but I definitely think that, um, you know, just to respect the differences and love them for for God-fearing people as they are, and wonderful, wonderful altruistic souls, they're just wonderful human beings, so... Yeah, and I know in our in our work with them, you know, in terms of, you know, the moral foundational issues, life, marriage, mm-hmm. religious liberty, those type mm-hmm. of things, you know, we're pretty much in lockstep. There may be a few variances, but for the most part, you know, we agree on those type of things. That's kind of the, some common ground that we can find. Absolutely. There's a lot of common ground. And I just, I, I love how service-oriented they are. I mean, I think there's not one person that has an active faith community, whether it be Protestant or Catholic or, or, or non-denominational Christian, that, gosh, you know, if chips are down, they call somebody in the Mormon church and they've got an army there to help provide service and respite. So I, I just have such great respect for, and again, like I said, my oldest son is active Mormon, and I support him. I support him and his wife wholeheartedly. Well, he created all of us, right? It's not like some people were Absolutely. created out of a, out of, you know, somewhere else. So I think, you know, it's great point. Yeah. I mean, your story's great. I do want to remind people, uh, you know, to get the full story. They can, you know, Google your name. They can get on uh, the Journey Home Network and find uh, the show you did with Marcus Grodi. And uh, Kendra, I can't thank you enough. For- 